God. We've been looking at the theories that actually call God's love. And we've been looking at the aspect that we were created to be loved. That's the first thing that we need to receive. You know, a lot of times you come into the kingdom and then, you know, it's like get to work. And a lot of times people are coming in with a lot of baggage and they have all sorts of situations and problems in their life. And, uh, you know, somebody wants to just get them on the road and thank you. Uh, get them on the road and sort of get them sort of witnessing and everything else. And, and they get burnt out and then they, you know, go by the wayside. And that's just the wrong thing to do because the first thing you do is learn and you grow in the things of God. Amen? And uh, that's one of the things I think that, isn't it, isn't it funny that when, when you're, you know, people are evangelizing, the, the term that they usually use is God loves you. Who, who knows that? I mean, that's the key thing, isn't it? That's what we are going out there and that's what we are letting people know, that God loves them. But as soon as they get in the kingdom, suddenly it's like, oh, you have to love God. And what are you doing for God? And it just flips over. But we need to go back to that initial thought because that is correct for God so loved that He gave. He didn't so love and tell you, now come in and do stuff. He, he, he literally wanted to love you. He brought you in so that He could love you. Amen? And that's really what we've been looking at. You have to be established in the fact that God created you to love you before you go on to do all the other things. Because only when you're full, listen to me, only when you're in a place where you know your life, can you then love other people. Amen? And do service to God. And that's important. Alright? But we must make sure that we know that we are loved. So what we've been doing is looking at uh, the qualities of love. You know, when we say that God is love, what does that mean? What, what is it that... I don't want to say that. Who is it that is loving us? And so what we did was because First Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, talks about the God kind of love, i.e. God is love, that is God, okay, loving us, we are looking at some of the qualities on that so that you understand how He loves you. We need some insight into this. Amen? Now, last time we went and looked at patience, okay, and uh, the fact that God is patient with us. Who remembers that one? Don't remember that? Okay. All right. I said, I said that this week was more on the kindness, but I actually don't want to do that uh, yet because there is something that goes hand in hand with patience, and that's forgiveness. And so we need to go and have a look at that next. So in First Corinthians chapter 13, this is a very powerful quality. I'm not doing it with you, okay? Uh, I think I'm going to do it with you now. I think we'll be here forever. Um, it says again in First Corinthians 13 and verse 5, it says that, and this is how it puts it, love thinks no evil, or it keeps no record of when it has been wrong. That's what the New Living Translation says. I really like that. Now, let me give you some Greek, okay? <laughs> uh, the Greek word for record is actually a bookkeeping term that makes reference to the kind of detailed, itemized, permanent records that are kept for business purposes that, be, that can be consulted at any time. 
Okay? And Paul says that God most definitely does not keep track of the injuries and injustices committed against him. But is not only forgiving, but according to Jeremiah 31 34, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, he will forget it as well. Now, that's where it says, talking about, this is actually talking about the age we now live in, okay? In Jeremiah 31 34, let's quickly have a look at that. It says, No more shall every man or woman teach his neighbor, and every man and uh, every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for then all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Ooh, isn't that powerful? Now this is, you know, this flies in the face of God knows what to do and he's after you and he's going to take you. This says something totally different. Now remember that this all happens because of First John one nine, and if we don't do First John one nine, it doesn't work. What does First John one nine say? If we confess, or the the Greek says, if we acknowledge, you know, you don't have to confess because God knows, right? You know, it was there. Okay, all right. So if we just have to acknowledge. If we acknowledge our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's why God not only forgives, He forgets because the record is clean. The, the slate is clean. I mean, there's nothing there to convict you. The only thing that, that, that there is from then on is your memory of it. And the devil who lies about God, who says that he just holds the grudge, that he just gets up every morning grumpy for whatever reason, okay? And that you have to do penance and all kinds of things to get into his good graces. And there's nothing like that in the Bible that says you have to do anything. The only thing you need to do is receive the righteousness that comes because of what Jesus did on the cross. We can't work for any of this. If we could, Jesus didn't need to go to the cross. Amen? Are you with me? So you need to understand something that this has already been paid for. That we walk in something. Do we need something? That we walk in something that has already been paid for by God. Amen? That there's nothing we need to do except receive. You know, this is something that. <laughs> I'm going to say this for the moment. Dear God, some of the stuff that happened back then. There, you know, there was a time when the church got to the place where it was selling. Uh, <laughs> what was the word? I can't remember the word they used. You know, the, Indulgences, thank you very much. So that, you know, if you pay so much, the priest says, oh, don't worry, you won't go to hell for that. Don't have to, don't have to confess anything. Just pay the priest enough and you, you're good. I, I always wonder what happened to all those guys that ended up in hell and goes, wait, what happened? And then the priest that said that ends up in hell. <laughs> you know, hello, you don't think that is without consequence? It's incredible the things that religion comes up with, you know, and it takes away from what Jesus did on the cross, takes away from what God did for all of us, and we need to understand, see, this is one of the major things that we need to receive, is that God loves us, God forgives us, and then God forgets. Do you understand? He doesn't have this, you know, he has the ability to remember everything, and he chooses to forget. 
So when you go to him, once you ask for forgiveness, and you go to him, and you know, because the devil makes you feel bad. You know, the devil, remember I told you, he's both the tempter and the accuser. He tempts you into sin, and then tells you, nobody's going to find out. And then as soon as you do it, he goes, how could you do that? And everybody's going to find out. Call yourself a Christian. Have we learned to hear Amen. And so we were, you know, just don't listen to him, okay? That, uh, but, but, you know, when you ask for forgiveness, okay, we live in a, a fallen world, our body is fallen, <laughs> so that thing still needs to get redeemed. All right? And so there are things that we're beginning with still. And that's the reason why Jesus went to the cross. Not just for redemption, but for forgiveness as well. Amen. Not only were we redeemed to God, but then after that, there is forgiveness along the way. But only if we acknowledge it. Amen. Which is another thing that the devil tries to do, is stop you from acknowledging the thing. Why should you? I mean, you know that guy did worse. Why should you confess anything? Hey, I, don't worry about that guy. You worry about you. Okay, <laughs> if you do something wrong, see, what he doesn't want you to see is that whatever you, when he tempts you, you do something wrong, it opens the door for him to attack you. Amen. And he wants that access to your life. So as soon as you, as soon as you confess, as long as you think, that door shuts in his face. You know the court is rigged, right? <laughs> the judge is the father. And your defense attorney is Jesus Christ. I mean, it's rich, baby. I mean, right to the top. And the devil wants to all this, does all this stuff to get you to do something wrong. And in a moment, I'm trying you out. You may have said, don't live that way, okay? Just, anyway, oh, anyway. You want to do something with your life. Not just seeing the last of you, but seeing the last of you, just not the whole of your life. Okay. All right. But if you do sit, there is forgiveness. And you need to understand that it's a forever forgiveness. You need to understand that God doesn't want you crippled when the time comes when you're doing things in His kingdom with this, oh, you know, I still, you know, I did that bad thing. And what makes me think that I'm, you know, I should be doing anything for God and God will allow me to do anything for Him. Because I'm just a noble sinner. That's how the devil stops you from being, becoming active in God's kingdom. Are you here? That's when you turn around and say, not my righteousness, but his. Hallelujah. And you need to be able to say that. But you can only say that if you know you in love. That God so loves you. That he is looking to forgive you. And he just needs you to do that one thing. And acknowledge your sin. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. I, I like um, Romans chapter 4, verse 8. Romans chapter 4, verse 8. It says, blessed. I like to talk on that word for a minute. <laughs> okay? Just take in the word blessed. All right? Blessed is the man or woman who is sin the Lord will not take into account. You know the word account is the same word that's used in First Corinthians 13, 5, where it says it keeps, that love keeps no record of when it has been wrong. It's the same Greek word. Okay. 
and it comes from Psalm 32. So let's go to Psalm 32 very quickly. Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. It says, Blessed is he or she who, whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man or woman whose sins the Lord does not count against him or her and in whose spirit is no deceit. Amen. Do you know that's a blessing? Don't take this for granted. It is a blessing to be forgiven. I don't know how many people are out there walking around with condemnation all over them. And you know, some of them don't even want to receive God because they just feel like they're just too dirty for God. I'm serious, man. They don't want to come in the kingdom because of that. They just think, oh, God doesn't want a sinner like me. We have we all sinners. <laughs> God died for all of us. For God to love the world. Are you in the world? Then he died for you. If you're from another planet, we don't really talk about it. But, <laughs> you need some serious therapy. But, you know, but if you're from this planet, if you're from this world, then God so loved you. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me just say this. Whenever you sin against the Lord, which is another way of saying that you have <laughs> done something that the enemy can use against you. See, we see sin against the Lord, like God is just all grumpy, and He just wants you to do all these things, and it's all about laws and rules and everything else. No, no, no. When you sin against God, see, that's what the church, like a lot of the religious church says. But what the Bible says is this. When you sin against the Lord, what you have actually done is something that is harmful to yourself, and that the enemy, somewhere down the line, will use against you. See, God isn't sitting up there, all insecure, and all like, oh, somebody did something wrong against me. Boo, boo, boo. You have sinned against me. I'm offended. Wow, you think love behaves that way? It's messed up, maybe. Listen, we really need to get a revelation of this. God is love. He's looking for reasons to forgive you. And He's looking to keep you out of trouble. And so whenever you sin, it's another way of saying you've done something to damage yourself. You need to get away from that thing so that it doesn't cause you all kinds of problems later on in life as well. You know, sometimes things just come on you, and it's, you know, years from when you did something wrong, and it catches up with you. Isn't it wonderful, instead of that thing catching up with you, it just dies and disappears? Could be a huge life to life. I mean, a miracle to get rid of it. Amen? Okay. This is what it means when, when I say to you, this is what I mean when I say to you that God loves you. Amen. He wants to forgive you. He is long suffering with you. Whenever you do something wrong, he isn't there with a big stick waiting to beat on you. And he goes the next moment to something else. He goes in the same, getting back to first Corinthians thirteen four, 
that love is also kind. Now, I want to get to this because this is a positive quality. And here we see that just as patience will take anything from others, kindness will give anything to others, even to its enemies. And therefore, being kind is the counterpart of being patient and forgiving. Are you all with me? Okay? All right. What's interesting is that in the Greek, to be kind means to be listened, useful, serving, and gracious. Remember again, we're talking about God, God's qualities toward us. Okay? I, I don't want you to think about what you have to do. I want you to think about what you are receiving from God in Him loving you. Okay? So receive this. Okay? That He is. Again, he, you know, God is not useless. I know some people think but he is a, the religion is useless, but God is very useful. Amen. <laughs> he also serves. You know, it's a beautiful thing. We're, 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 I will show you a, a scripture for all of this, but he is there to look after you and serve you. And he is gracious. It goes to say it is active goodwill. It not only feels generous, but it is generous. It not only desires others' welfare, but works for it. Let's look at some scriptures. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. You all know this verse, but I want to bring it up here. <laughs> okay. I think it's one of the best verses in the Bible when Jesus says, Come to me. I'm oh, sorry, verse 28. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Matthew 11, 28, from the New American Standard Bible. He says here, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you more work. <laughs> no, I'll give you religion. I'll give you something. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't, okay? I want you to notice what it says. He says, I will give you rest. You're carrying around loads and all kinds of waste in your life. Go to God. He's there. He will give you rest. Amen? When he says, take my yoke upon you. I want to add a word there, please. Take my shared yoke upon you. See, because his yoke, he shares it. In fact, a lot of times he's carrying you. <laughs> I always see a yoke with Jesus on one side, and you, you know, you're a little bit short, and you're, you're seeing the dangling, and he's just taking the whole load. And a lot of times God just, you know, just carries us, doesn't he? Times when we just don't have anything left. Please, please receive this. Because those are times, you know, we feel like God's just expecting so much of us. And, you know, I've heard people say, God, this is just too much. It's too hard. Why are you doing it? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, not yours. Amen? You know, I've always found that the times when I try to do stuff, I'm like, you know, I don't know, it's a human thing, I think, but we want to work for God. I know, we want to do something for Him. You know what I'm trying to say? And, and, and we try to do it in our own strength. And you can do stuff for God, but please don't do it in your own strength. Because you are up against the supernatural enemy. You all know that, right? I think it's awesome when God gets involved because there is a grace that comes on you. I've experienced this so many times when I'm, in, I'm at quote unquote the end of my rope and I realize that why am I, why am I on my own rope? Why am I at the end of my rope? 
don't do stuff in your own strength. They say, God, you fill me. You strengthen me. You give me what I need to get through life. Get through the day. Whatever it is that you're facing. And the most miraculous things will begin to happen. I will guarantee you that, but only if you look to the Lord, if you turn your eyes to Him, and you don't try to, you know, just look at yourself and see what you can do. You know, so many times the Lord asks us to do something, we look at ourselves and say, we can't do this. And we commit the sin that the 10 out of the 12 five. Who, who, you remember, come back and said, the giant feel that we can't do this. But two of them, uh, Joshua and Caleb said, hey, we are more than able. You know, because God's bigger than all of this, let's go do it now. And the ten said, we can't do it. And they were measuring themselves against the problem. Joshua and Caleb measured God against the problem. And said, so it's no problem. And we find that later on, when we get to Rahab, remember? She said, we were quaking in our boots. We were just freaking out. <laughs> we were ready to just drop down and surrender. But you never came. What happened? Let me speak to this. Okay. Wait, wait. All right. <laughs> he says again, take my yoke upon you. And he says, I'm back in Matthew Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you shall find rest for your soul. Remember, and let me go to the next verse. In the New American Standard, and also this word easy, when he says, For my yoke is easy, in the literal text, the word means easy and fine. Isn't that interesting? In, in other words, he says, My yoke is easy and fine. It's a kind yoke. Hmm? And my burden is light. Further to this, Jesus also, I want to get through this, this part today, okay. Jesus also said in the latter half of Luke 635 that God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. You always, you know, we always think, that's why I think it raises on the just and the unjust. God just loves everybody. Do you know? Because somewhere down the line, he is always hoping, we're going to look at this later on, that he hopes something. He, he's hoping that you make the right decision. And he doesn't want you to suffer until that day. I think that's extraordinary. Because that's how love behaves. Okay. I have to keep moving. And the reason why he does this is brought up in Romans chapter 2. And therefore, we finish here. Where the Apostle Paul writes, this is from the New American Standard Bible. He says, You think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience. Wow. He says, Not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. Did you see that? Is that, is that right? Is that the right thing? Okay. Just one thing. Isn't that something that the, the way that God leads people to repentance is through His kindness, through His forbearance, through His patience. Amen. So why are people preaching something else out there? Do you know this is why you came in? This is why I came in. 
Okay. <laughs> I know why you came here. All right. <laughs> I didn't get a response. <laughs> I came in because God was love. Because I looked and I thought, this is something that will bless me. This is something that is not religious. I already had religion. You know, I was caught up in another religion. I was having a ball with it. Which was so great, but you know, <laughs> I won't tell you which one. All right? But then I realized that something was calling to me, and it was love. And I responded to the love. You hear me? And when I came in the kingdom, then I started hearing things that didn't make any sense to me. Because the way I came in was then messing up with what I was hearing. I was hearing that God's mean and upset and just these bad things. And I said, wait, 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 that's not what called me in. And I know it was God. And it was it's good scripture. His kindness drew me in. And you know what? Because I received that, I could then be kind towards everybody else. And while people with problems and hang-ups and attitudes were getting up and preaching, that because they went through something for whatever reason, that that's how God, because they, they thought that that's how God was treating them, then God would treat you that way too. And that always went crosswise with what I knew to be true. I knew God was love. And I knew that love was looking to love me. And because I allowed him to love me, I could then love everybody back. And when something came along that was not him, I would recognize that. I wouldn't say, God is trying to test you and try you. I would say, Satan, get thee behind me. And when the storm came, peace be still. How is it then go away, oh God? If you want to drown me, here I am. Let's drown. And he says, and today you will be with me in paradise. No! <laughs> no! Hey, I will, I'll go when the both of us agree. When the Lord says, it's time, I'm going. Okay, let's go now. But that's like that. That's not, you know, something else attacking me and trying to kill me. Are you all here? And so, I, I, that's how I react to anyone that is being attacked by the enemy. I don't ever tell them that God's behind it. I will ask them, have you opened the door somewhere to him, to the devil? Be honest. Amen? I'm not judging you. I'm just going to shut the door. <laughs> okay? There's no, you know... I will in no way ever judge anybody because I've got enough going on in my life. Whatever I saw or read, I want to show mercy. <laughs> Amen. No judgment. Amen. So if, if ever I'm asking a question, it's not because I'm going, have you seen who knew what to do wrong? <laughs> now, there was a time I did that badly. And I was, you know, I was a young Christian, and I was, you know, my little nephews were at the ankles, and I know what I was doing. But we learned, we grew, and now we, we understand. And I said this before, that Jesus healed them all. There must have been some in that crowd that didn't deserve it. 
Come on now. General? So somebody's going to I wonder what's going on there. Yeah, Mike, this is going check it out. Do you feel okay to walk? Yeah, I think I'm a little drunk, but I'm still okay. Yeah. Let's go there, you know? Ooh, the dude seems like he's healing somebody. The people. Uh, you want some healing? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just ginky like, let's go, let's see what happens. And he healed it. Probably looked at me and said, <laughs> that's how Jesus thinks. He doesn't counsel you for seven minutes before he heals you. What's important about all this is that if God is extraordinarily loving and kind to these kind of individuals, okay, those that then how much more will he lavish his loving kindness on those who are a part of his family, who he calls his friends and his daughters? Amen. Would you today receive God's love? You came in because of the donor of Israel. Let that always be your foundation. Everything else can be rolled away, but not Amen. We have by the Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you love us in spite of all of our faults. In fact, you know all of our faults, and you still love us more than we can imagine. And it's baffling to all of us, to me. But that's who you are because the Bible tells us that God is love. And I hope thank you for that love. In my life and in the life of each and every individual that is here. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, that as they learn to receive your love and then from that place pray, exercise your authority, and all those other things. But most of all, from that place fellowship with you. That they can experience a presence of God like they never had before. Because they will be in the presence of you. And I thank you, Father, that it is only after we have received this love, this unconditional love, can we then be expected to love others in the same way. So I thank you for that, and I thank you for each person that is in the sound of my voice, here and online, that they receive your love, they are filled to overflow, and they, they become the people that you designed them destined for them to be. Those who be a blessing to us. Represent you well. Mm-hmm.